0: It's Wednesday, and here at Honest Math Chat, that means a new episode of Mini Math Chats. But this is a special week. This week, we did the grand opening of Word Problem Workshop teacher training, and today is the last day to enroll. So if you don't know anything about what I'm talking about, go to monamath.com slash enroll and check out all the details about the training and enjoy this Much longer episode all about how to schedule your math block. Welcome to Mini Math Chats, here to help math educators build confidence and spark inspiration for teaching math in less time than it takes you to run to the bathroom. I'm Mona, a former math avoider, teacher, and math coach. Everything changed for me when I started using a student centered approach that honored my students' ideas and gave them space to focus on the problem-solving process, not just the product. In these mini math chats, I'll give you quick ideas and insights to do just that in your math community. Every Wednesday morning, we'll meet right here to jumpstart your math mindset for the day. What does your math block look like? Is a question that I get asked by teachers quite a lot. And so today, we're going to cover all things math block scheduling, elements to include, and I've worked in grades 6 through 12 with different curriculums and different time allotments and different requirements. And one thing rings true for all of those is that fitting it all in is complex. Am I right? You have your curriculum, additional resources, and then you're just constantly seeing new ideas that you want to try in your classroom. And you have students that are below level, you have a few that are above level, and you just want to make sure that you meet all your students' needs, and then there's all those required assessments. Fitting it in is why I get asked this question, how does your math black look? And I'm here to tell you that I think consistency is key for your own sanity and for the learning of your students. We know that when we have a consistent routine for math time, that students will come to find a sense of security and safety, that safety that comes along with knowing what to expect each math class. That being said, of course, there's some wiggle room to be creative and to try new things. However, it is easier to fit it all in when we have a consistent structure. So I'll put a plug-in here for continuity for school-wide math blocks as well. When students see this consistency throughout their schooling, from classroom to classroom, year to year, it's even more powerful. But we control what we can control, and if all you have control over is your classroom, let's keep going. But what we choose to spend our time on in math really shows what we value. Let me say that one again. What we choose to spend our time on in math shows what we value. So if we value discussions in math reasoning, then we make time for math discourse. If we value answers and accuracy, then we spend more time on fluency tests and going over answers. If we value students' problem solving, then we make time for daily problem solving. And we know that it doesn't just happen once in a while, but problem solving is actually how we do math. So as you are creating your math block, it is helpful to consider what you value, to be sure that you're including that. Now, this, again, is done best school-wide, but if your school isn't at that point, then this is absolutely something you can do in just your classroom. If you're a renegade teacher like I am, then you ask your administrator if there's a math vision. You might ask if there is a time at the start of next year to go over this math vision with the staff. Or if there isn't one, ask for time over the summer to get some people together to create a math vision with a small group of teachers so that then you can bring it to the whole staff. Or Maybe you'll drop an article on your administrator's desk and ask if they've considered how discussions could help your students develop in their deep math understanding. Or maybe you'll send your administrator my podcast link. Start with the teachers as leaders in math vision episodes. I'll link those in the show notes. It is okay to ask your principal for wide consistency and ask for the change that you want in your school. There are productive and helpful ways of doing that. And if you want help with that conversation, send me a DM. One of my absolute favorite things to do is to help schools that I work with form a math vision. It is truly the foundation of math. So the math vision episode is episode 33. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast or on monamath.com slash 33. So let's get to why we're all here. How do you schedule the math block? Well, we start with step zero, as we've already discussed, which is having that strong math vision, school-wide or for ourselves. And that helps us guide what to include in our math block. And then I have five steps for what to include in your math block. Okay, here we go. Number one, establish what quote-unquote chunks you want. Number two, plug them into a consistent routine Number three, consider fluency practice. Number four, what about intervention and reteaching? And number five, assessment for learning. Here is an example that I have used with my third grade class, my fifth and sixth grade class, and even my first and second grade classes. A thinking math warm-up starts us off. Then we do word problem workshop for 30 to 35, 40 minutes. Then we have an application and practice time for 15 minutes, an exit ticket for five. And then we have self-paced fluency or fact practice for about 10 minutes a day. This could also be homework or just fit into other times during the day. So let's go back through those first five steps that I shared with you and see how they apply in that math block. So number one, the chunks I want in every math lesson include problem solving, math discussion, some sort of productive struggle, conjecturing, which is in the math discussion most of the time, independent practice, and assessment for learning. I like assessment for learning so much I gave it its own number. So we'll come back to that one. Number two, I like to keep my schedule consistent every day of the week, which is plug those chunks into a consistent routine. So I have the same exact math class Monday through Friday. It doesn't have to be like that. You could do Friday as a full fluency and assessment day, or you could work things around in a different way. But either way, come up with a consistent routine and then plug those chunks or values into that consistent routine. For me, you'll find me doing the exact same thing Monday through Friday. Number three is consider fluency. I build in time to address fact fluency each day. I've taught sixth grade math where children didn't know their simple addition facts. And we all know that at some point we have to have those simple facts memorized so that math is easier. So sometimes at the end of math, um, we pull out our fluency practice. Sometimes it's right after recess or when they come in in the morning. When I taught fifth and sixth grade, it was a completely independent activity. The students worked on their specific fluency goal independently, and then they chose from a menu of ways to practice And self-selected when they were ready for an assessment. I will say on Fridays, I tend to spend a bit more time on fluency because that's when I give students those tests that they self-select into. And this only happens in what I like to call seasons during math. And look for a future episode on fluency because we could talk about this for a long time. But back to scheduling. So number four is what about intervention and reteaching? Intervention and reteaching is a reality. And I'm not talking about using standardized test scores and grouping your students into high, medium, low and running centers. No, no, no. I deeply believe in teaching grade level content and standards to all of our students with providing just-in-time support for students. However, the reality is, sometimes we have students who benefit from a bit more one-on-one practice or attention even. I structure reteaching in small group time the same as I do everything else. It's based on current understanding and using questions and problem solving to help my students form meaning those small groups don't look like I do, we do, you do. Those small groups aren't me walking students through procedures. We're still using experience. We're still using hands-on materials, discussions, and questioning to help students make sense of math. In fact, I use the book Making Sense of Mathematics for teaching the small group, um, and I will put that link in the show notes so you can check out that book. It is fantastic. So Number five is assessment for learning. This is checks for understanding. Checking your students' understanding is something that is baked into everything I do and everything I teach teachers to do. Each element of the math block must include opportunities to deepen your understanding of what your students know. I want you to know what your students know so well that you can better predict those just-in-time supports. You know your students so well, you know who needs to come back to the small group area for a little bit of reteaching. Sometimes that you might have assessments for learning include during the productive struggle, when you're observing and conferring with students, exit tickets, application problems, observations during the math discussions, when we listen into to those turn-in talks, who's participating, who's not. Okay, so I'm interrupting this episode real quick to say, if you are at all interested in Word Problem Workshop for your classroom, you have to check out the training. It's going to walk you through how to plan and facilitate Word Problem Workshop, productive struggle, math discussions, all the best parts of math. So go right now to monamath.com slash enroll and check out all the details. Okay, back to the episode. So let's go a little bit deeper now into each part of the math block. So we talked about those five things to consider when planning your math block. Now let's talk about kind of my chunks and talk about what's in each part. So as I told you at the beginning, I start with a thinking math warmup. I used to just call it a math warmup, but I wanted to communicate to my students and to the teachers that I train that this isn't just any old warm up. This is a warmup where students are thinking immediately. They also are low risk and easy to engage with. Every child can find success right away. That's the point, right? Within the first few minutes, every student is doing math. It also links to the learning target or the math conjecture that I'm planning for us to arrive at during the word problem workshop. So for example, if we're doing a problem that involves fourths, we might do a which one doesn't belong that has models of different fourths. Or we might count around the circle by fourths to emphasize unit fractions and the meaning of the numerator and the denominator. Other thinking math warmups that I use and love are which one doesn't belong, notice and wonder, alike and different, quick images, count around the circle, number talks, to just name a few. Okay, so the next big chunk, and this takes up the majority of my teaching. Now, I will say I teach almost all of the standards in this section of my Math block. However, there are some standards that are better taught in other ways. So this structure changes, as I was saying, kind of in seasons or in certain months or units of my math block. But almost everything is taught in Word Problem Workshop. Because this is the meat and potatoes of my teaching, is how I like to say it. It's a student-centered practice that includes many of the standards for mathematical practices and my favorite, Principles to Actions, mathematics teaching practices. Word Problem Workshop is all about giving students real-world problems to problem-solve every single day. It also includes math discussions and a goal to focus our learning, that math task that's strategically chosen. We make connections between our representations. I ask purposeful questions to nudge students' thinking along the trajectory. Productive struggles, students are thinking in the math discussions. There's so much going on in this word problem workshop. It's literally my favorite thing, and I could talk about it all the time. But then after Word Problem Workshop, we do application or practice, and this is where my students go back and revise their work from Word Problem Workshop. They try another few problems to apply what they've learned in the workshop, and they're starting to build that procedural fluency from conceptual understanding. Finally, we end usually with an exit ticket. So, this is only just a couple minutes. I love doing exit tickets on index cards, just giving students an index card and having them answer the problem right there. This is kind of sometimes included in the practice time as well. I usually collect one of the problems they did during the practice time to assess where students' current understanding lies after the warm up and word problem workshop. Fluency is the last element. I've touched on this already, but We spend a few minutes each day practicing those fluency standards from Common Core state standards. Our fluency practices are based on a set of standards or trajectory, and then students self-select their goals and how they will work on those goals. Then when they feel ready, they participate in a quiz to assess their progress. So as you can see, each part of the math block is thought out. It incorporates the standards for mathematical practice, the mathematics teaching practices that are intended to push our students toward that deeper understanding and processes of doing math. However, you likely have your own challenges at your school. You have specific curriculum that you must get through or specific mandates from your district, less time, more time assessments or interventions that you must do. The reality is this goes back to our values. I too have mandates and requirements. However, I also have a very strong math vision for what it looks like to teach math well. I am not willing to teach students in a way that I was taught because I don't want them growing up thinking they can't do math for decades like I did. So I encourage you to stay strong in your math vision and work to make your math block reflect that. If you want help with structuring your math block to include more discussion and problem solving, I am totally here to help you. If you have not already signed up for the free training, it's Saturday, March 11th at 1pm Central Time. So if you're listening in real time, it's coming up. We are going to go into the three most common mistakes to avoid that most teachers are making when teaching problem solving with word problems. So I know that that is a challenge for most most teachers and I'm here to help. I have so many ideas to share with you during that free training on March 11th. You can sign up at monamath.com training and I will see you next week.